Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Who says you don't learn anything in public school? I don't know. I learned how to make an outline. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Do you want us now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for kicking it with us here on your Wednesday. Hope you're having a good midweek day. I just got back from football practice, but not the one I've been going to most recently. I've been going to Grizz football practice uh, over the last week and a half or so and uh, trying to figure out a way to get over to Bobcat football practice here uh, sooner than later to see some of that side of the uh, Continental Divide as far as uh, Montana State goes. But I was down covering some high school football uh, right before I rolled in here. It is hot, hot, hot. But a lot of stuff going on down there at Missoula Sentinel. Not only are the Spartans the two-time defending Class AA state champions, but they also have one of the top recruits in the state in running back Adam Jones. And he, surprisingly to some, Gave his verbal commitment on Tuesday. Not surprising that Jones committed before his senior year began, but surprising that he committed to Montana State. So the Missoula guy going over the hill to Bozeman, it's not unheard of. In fact, there's been quite a few players that have played for Dane Oliver at Missoula Sentinel and then gone over to uh, Montana State. I mean, Matt Brownlow comes to mind, a guy who was a starting defensive tackle by the time his time was all said and done there at MSU. Um, Rylan Ort currently on the roster there. At Montana State, so that Byron Rollins, uh, you know, they've had some some Sentinel guys at MSU. There's just a lot of fanfare over Jones. He's widely considered uh, one of the best prospects in the state and probably the best offensive skill guy in the state. 
very coveted by both Montana and Montana State. He's going to MSU. So we went down to Sentinel practice, and we caught up with Adam Jones and Dane Oliver. We'll play that for you here in about 15 minutes. Also, our high school preview coverage continues. A guy who's been around for, seriously, what seems like my whole life. Uh, He has been coaching some level of football forever, and he's been a head coach at the AA level since 2003. His 19th season as a head coach between his time coaching at Kalispell Flathead, his alma mater, and now Kalispell Glacier, Grady Bennett, one of the best in the biz, one of the best high school coaches in the state of Montana, and certainly a guy who is uh, very comfortable doing interviews as he's also uh, moonlights as a color commentator for a variety of Big Sky Conference and specifically Montana Grizz football games. So uh, Grady will join us about 4.30 to talk all things AA football. We also will give you another history lesson. I'm just having the most fun time learning about all this stuff uh, that we have in my awesome... uh, book our our sports heroes of the first half of the 20th century so we'll have a little uh a little history lesson for you top of the hour it's a wednesday so like we do each wednesday we'll have our espn roundtable long form interview of the week this week a fun one don't be late don't be overweight it's not dan campbell it's a guy who played tight end next to dan campbell with the detroit lions though Casey Fitzsimmons, he's a Chester, Montana native, a guy who was an All-American at Carroll College and then went on to play in the NFL, uh, For had a good career there uh, in the National Football League, most prominently for the Detroit Lions, and a guy who is personal friends with the Detroit Lions head football coach uh, and, of course, the Lions in the spotlight right now because they are on hard knocks. It's very interesting because a lot of times you have up-and-coming teams on hard knocks. Sometimes you have really great like Super Bowl contending teams on hard knocks there's also sort of the narrative and the sentiment that you know is hard knocks a distraction I think hard knocks with the Detroit Lions is about as interesting as it gets you might say Coulter what are you talking about the the Lions are terrible that's why it's so interesting there's nowhere to go but up if the Detroit Lions and they actually played pretty well the last month or six weeks of the season last year they were much more competitive than they have been and so it'll be interesting to see some of those uh, stories uh, from Casey Fitzsimmons, but also to hear his story, a guy that comes from eight-man football and went all the way to the NFL, a phenomenal journey for him, and uh, a great export from the state of Montana, a great representative for us uh, here in the state of Montana. Then on the uh, the Adam Jones note, uh, we, ha- we have a, a little bit of uh, recruiting stuff to talk about. I mean, we, the, the recruiting battle is omnipresent it's always rolling in the state of montana and obviously the montana schools are always recruiting against each other and also recruiting otherwise outside of the state but now we actually have the makings of of the at least the initial part of some classes here montana the university of montana they have five verbal commitments including three from in-state and montana state they now up to seven verbal commitments uh, including several guys from in-state, and they just got another out-of-state guy as well. So we'll give you a full update on uh, the recruiting cycle for both Montana and Montana State. So there you go. That's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all questions you might have in the real estate world in western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. Want to stream the show? You always can. 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live, and you'll find the stream. If you want to be a part of the show, 
888-1029. That's 888-1029. On, on Monday, we got the sad news of the passing of the mayor of Missoula. John Engen passed away at the uh, much too young age of 57 years old. And Mayor Engen, the longest standing mayor in the, the history of the city of Missoula. He's been the mayor uh, since I was a senior in high school. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here. We were debating this earlier. Am, am I a middle-aged man? <laughs> and you think, ah, oh, mid-30s, that's not middle-aged yet. But, you know, life expectancy is like somewhere in the 70s. So I'm about to the halfway point of my uh, thus far wonderful life. <laughs> but either way, not to joke, Bear Egan passed away, uh, and he was a great civil servant and a great uh, advocate and great overall Missoulian. He will be celebrated with a celebration of life on Saturday, August 20th, 10 a.m. at Ogren Park Allegiance Field. That's the uh, Missoula Osprey, Missoula Paddleheads, I should say, uh, venue. And uh, all are welcome. So there's your your PSA for the day. And uh, rest in peace, John Engen. Before we get into some high school talk. Adam Jones, Dane Oliver coming up here uh, at on Nuanas now shortly. We are continuing to provide coverage on, on fall camp from both Montana and Montana State, both here at ESPN Montana as well as at SkylineSportsMT.com. And uh, I have a few stories up on Skyline right now, and we have launched our Elevated Expectations series which is highlighting just a handful of guys from each of the Bobcats and the Grizzlies that we expect to have elevated roles. Pretty self-explanatory fall camp series that we've been doing for the last four years. And the first guy I highlighted is Brody Greeby, a kid out of Millstone, Montana, spent a year at prep school and is a preseason All-Big Sky selection, even though he was not a starter at any point last year, was a productive player. But Andrew... Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Missoula, as well as a contributing writer at Skyline Sports, he is doing his first elevated expectation on Brandon Casey, who is a Sandpoint, Idaho product, a guy who chose Montana over uh, many offers, including from Oregon State. And Casey certainly is expected to be and needs to be a very good player for Montana if they are going to make the strides that they want to make this season. But Andrew was texting me last night while he was writing this piece, asking me about some of the offensive linemen from Montana that played under Bobby Houck during his first tenure for the Grizzlies, 2003 to 2009. And I, I have to admit something to all of you people. I talk about the yesteryear of Grizz football prevalently on this show. Uh, I do think that one of the biggest challenges that the University of Montana has, particularly when it comes to football and women's basketball, is emerging from the shadow of the past. At what point is the success of Robin Selvig no longer... It's it's never going to be irrelevant because tradition matters in college sports. But at what point is it not the expectation for the current iteration of the Lady Grizz? Same thing for the Grizzly football team. At what point does the... Unbelievable run that Montana had where they made the playoffs 17 times in a row and won the Big Sky Conference 15 out of 17 years, including 12 consecutive seasons. At what point is that far enough in the past where we just have to redefine 
the, the expectations based on the current state of affairs of Montana. Well, I always think that the expectations should be elite. They should be an expectation of excellence when you are the Grizzlies. That's how much tradition you have. That's the resource advantage that you have. Still, though, I think that sometimes we get a little bit lost in remembering back in the day. I think that people remember Bobby Houck going 47-5 and against the Biggest Guy Conference during his seven seasons at Montana. They remember that. I think they misremember the way those games were won. They know that Coach Houck's teams played great defense. They know that Coach Houck's teams ran the ball right down your throat. They were not beating every team 63-3. to They were not beating every team 49-7. to They were oftentimes gutting out wins. I mean, during that streak between 2006 and 2009, that was exactly when I was in college, the Grizz went 31-1 and in Big Sky Conference play. Those were not all two and three touchdown wins. I remember when they went to Idaho State. I can't remember if it was 07 or 08. And Idaho State was was god-awful. Idaho State was the worst, the worst version of Idaho State. And that's saying something because Idaho State has had a hard time competing in the Big Sky the last 20 years. But they were not a good squad that year. And the Grizz needed a fourth-quarter field goal to emerge with a road win at Holt Arena 12-10. to That's a... Uh, misperce- the misperception of the Grizz just blowing teams out of the water all the time. Uh, that's what I have talked about on here. There's also, though, this narrative that I have perpetuated and ex- accentuated quite a bit, and it's that part of the decline in offensive line play at Montana has been because the state of Montana is not producing offensive linemen at as prolific of a level. But I sort of pin that as a trend that goes back to the last 10 years. When I look at what Andrew was asking me to identify great offensive linemen from Montana who were then great players for the Grizz, I realized, wow, the dearth of talent from Montana for the Grizzlies along the offensive line is not a 10-year issue. It's not a 10-year drought. It's been a 20-year drought. You hearken back to those great teams in the 2000s under Bobby Houck. Levi Horn, All-American. He's from Spokane, Washington, started his career at Oregon. J.D. Quinn, excellent center, probably the best Grizz center of the 21st century. He's from Texas, and he transferred to Montana from Oklahoma. Brent Russell, starting offensive tackle on the Grizz team that went to the 2008 National Championship. He's from Idaho, and he started his career at Arizona State. And then he started going on down the line. And Cody Baylog started his career at Montana, but it's from Stylicombe, Washington, right outside of Seattle. Corey Proctor, started his career at Montana, out-of-state guy. Brad Rhodes, out-of-state guy. So then you start to realize, okay, so who are the great players from Montana on the offensive line when Bobby Houck was the head coach? Dylan McFarland, one of the great friends of this show, great friend of mine, is one. He's from Kalispell, but he was recruited recruited by the previous staff. He was a senior in 2003, Coach Houck's first year, but he came to, to Montana out of Flathead back when uh, Mick Dennehy was still the head coach, I believe, and he played the formative amount of his career for Joe Glenn. And then you think about John Skinner from Dillard, Montana. Also, though, recruited by two previous coaching staffs, he finished his career Bobby Houck's first season. So I was thinking, okay, who are the guys from Montana that were great players at Montana on the offensive line? 
Colin Dow, great player. Billing senior product. Uh, he's my class in high school. When my high school coach used to draw him on the used to draw up the formations on the board, he'd always draw Colin Dow in a giant circle because Colin Dow is just so damn big. I know I know my man's lost a bunch of weight. I actually used to see Skinny Dow uh, over there at the gym in Bozeman when I was working over there, and uh, he looks good, man. But he was a mountain of a man back uh, in his playing days, and uh, you know he still got the weight, just maybe not as much of the girth. But either way, that's one. Alex Verlanek came into his own after Bobby Houck left, but he's a walk-on from Drummond. And Taron Hilsland, good buddy of mine who I think I'm going to see probably tomorrow night. So in case you're listening, look forward to seeing him, my man. But he's from Sydney, another mountain of a man, 6'8", about 350 during his playing days. But those are the only three all-Big Sky players that were recruited by and played for Bobby Houck that are from Montana on the offensive line. So... Then I got to thinking, okay, so is this issue with offensive linemen at Montana? And let's be frank here. The uh, the Grizzlies have not had a first-team all-league offensive lineman of any sort in 10 years, and they've not had an interior guy, a center or guards, get first-team all-league in since Bobby Houck's first tenure at, at Montana. So it's been a long time since there's been truly elite, top-level first-team all-conference offensive lineman at Montana on either the inside or the outside of the line. So is that an issue of kids in Montana? I do think there's less offensive linemen in Montana, and we're going to hear from Grady Bennett his theory as to why here in just about 20 minutes. But also, then you think there has been some guys from Montana that have been great offensive linemen. I mentioned those three for the Grizzlies, Taron Hillsland and Alex Verlanek and Colin Dow. But then you think about Montana State, and they've had all-time great offensive linemen like Jeff Bolton, who was the Remington Award winner as the top center in the United States, all levels of D1 football. Jeff Hansen, kid out of Great Falls CMR, who was an All-American. John Widenauer, who's a four-year starter there at offensive tackle out of Manhattan, Montana. Joel Horn, an all-big sky guy from Kalispell Glacier. Uh, Mitch Brott, who was a 50-game starter and an All-American in his senior year out of Billings West. So there's been a few more guys that have gone to the Cats. <laughs> a text from a listener. I remember laying on the ground under my seat at Idaho State after that field goal. Oh, that's a great text. Thank you so much for the feedback. If you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You can always be a part of the conversation. This is all to say that I am just trying to Reemphasize and also add some nuance and some detail to a narrative that I have talked about uh, on this show, on these airwaves, quite often. Perhaps there's more than just the lack of offensive line talent in Montana. Part of it is maybe where they're going, but there is certainly less. That's that's a fact. But there's been a few more of the, the best ones that have gone to MSU rather than Montana. But either way... I think that there's been a decline in offensive line play steadily for quite some time, especially at the University of Montana. We'll see if the Bobcats have a fall off. They've been very, I mean, this is my, this will be my, I think, 12th season covering Bobcat football up close and personal, and they have not had a bad offensive line. They've also had really good offensive line coaches, though. Jason McIndoo was there for 13 years, spanned between Mike Kramer and Rob Ash. Jason Eck, who's now the head coach at Idaho, was there for a season. He's very good. And Brian Armstrong's been there since 2016, and he's been sort of the architect of what's been one of the best offensive fronts in the country at the FCS level 
these last handful of years. They also put a high priority on on it in recruiting. You have to wonder, the Grizz, they have addressed the issue. They've talked about the issue. Maybe this is the year where they, they cure the issue. I'm not sure. I do think that Brandon Casey, who Andrew's writing about, has a ton of upside and a ton of natural talent. There's just there's there's a there, there's a gap there that for some reason there's there's just not the dominant offensive line play you need to be a national champion. Of course, we're talking offensive line in August here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for hanging out with us. Maybe you're watching on SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're listening on the radio dial. Maybe you're listening retrospectively on demand on the Nuanas Now podcast. No matter how you're kicking it with us, we appreciate you spending some time, and we appreciate you listening to me as I hash these things out. It's infinitely interesting to me. I hope it is to you as well. I mean, the millions upon millions of listeners around the world that we get on the podcast every day seems pretty obvious that uh, it's pretty interesting to you as well. How about, though, one of the best players in the state making his commitment earlier this week, Adam Jones? I remember when Dana Oliver first told me about Adam Jones. Adam Jones was coming out of a dynamite freshman year where I think he was maybe playing a little bit up on the JV and a guy that was maybe expected to contribute as a sophomore. And then he got a bad injury, and it cost him most of his sophomore year. And I remember Coach Oliver telling me, we got this kid who's really, really special athlete, but we don't know if he can stay healthy, and we need him to get healthy. Well, Adam Jones got healthy last year, and he was uh, the main weapon for the Sentinel offense other than Zach Cruz, who was a great player there at quarterback and defensive end at Sentinel. But Jones had almost 1,000 yards rushing. He's also really good at catching the ball in the backfield. Uh, scored 19 total touchdowns a year ago. He's also a great hockey player. He's also a great baseball player. He had a baseball offer from Utah and also football offers from Montana, Columbia, and some of the other teams in the Frontier Conference. He gave his commitment to Montana State just yesterday. Here's why. Adam Jones, Missoula Sentinel, here on Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Well, I'm doing this guy a favor because it's about 100 degrees right now. They're playing a song from before I was born. I don't even know how high school kids know about this stuff. Here with Adam Jones, Missoula Sentinel practice. That's kind of mean that Coach Oliver's got you guys wearing the blacks on a 100-degree day. I know. He makes he makes the varsity guys going black, so the sun beats down on us, but it makes us tough. So. Well, ball camp underway here at Missoula Sentinel, but also the news of the day, I guess the news of the week. You committed to Montana State the other night, so uh, just take us through it. I mean, Obviously, a lot of interest coming out of last year, great junior year. So, uh, what made the Cats the choice, and, and what was the recruiting process like? Yeah, I mean, the Cats were kind of the first big school to contact me, and they offered me pretty early, which, I mean, was huge for me. I was super excited, and pretty much then until now, they've been on me and pretty, like, on and on and on, and, I mean, they were great at the recruiting process, and it's always tough for me because... There's a lot of things pulling you in different ways, but, I mean, the coaches really reached out and built a strong relationship, which was the biggest part for me. Obviously, the, the, the attention that they paid you, the consistency in it. Anything else about Montana State that you like? I mean, was there an academic draw there, too? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I take my academics very seriously, and that was a huge draw for me. And, I mean, I feel like college, you got to get away from home a little bit, so that also played a part for me. For sure, absolutely. Adam Jones joining us here on Nuanas now. ESPN Radio recently committed to Montana State. Uh, I know, I remember co- talking to Coach Oliver a couple, uh, 
I guess a couple years ago, and it was when you were a sophomore and you had an injury, and he was like, man, if this kid can get healthy, he's going to be good. He's just got to fight through it. So that was obviously a process for you. So getting to the point where you are getting recruited by college after having to battle through that, I mean, what did that do for your mindset? No, yeah, I mean, when I came in, there was a lot of talk about me and playing early, but, I mean, that injury definitely set me back, and it was super tough. But I learned a lot and learned how to, you know, take mental reps from the sideline and learn from the older guys, which was huge. And then finally getting my name called on varsity last year and having a big year was, I mean, I'm just blessed to be in such a great program. And Coach Oliver does such a good job with the guys. And, I mean, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Well, Coach Joe's a, a offensive coach, such a great offensive mind. Montana State's got some good offensive coaches, too, though. Brent Vegan, an offensive guy. Taylor Housewright, an offensive guy. So what do you think of what the Cats are doing on offense? When I watch you, I think you fit in really well with what they do. Yeah, I know. For me, I mean, Coach Housewright, Coach Beal, those are my guys. And um, they always talk to me about where I could fit in. And they they run a similar offense. They use their back a lot. And they're going to start using it more in the pass game, which is one of my strengths. And, I mean, the biggest draw for me was just how they – kind of laid it out for me and told me how I could work in their system, and that was huge. Obviously a Missoula guy, so obviously the Montana Grizzlies were on you too as well. So, I mean, did you ever think about staying home, or what was that part of the decision like? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, growing up, I mean, you're in Missoula. I went sure. to all the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was my dream. But, I mean, as I got older, I mean, my mind was pretty open. I mean, I loved the Grizz, and they, I was blessed and humbled to be recruited by them. I mean, Coach Green, he's an awesome guy. But, um... I mean, it's kind of just a decision that I made on my own and nothing really, no real bad blood there. So but when you uh, when you look at the Cats this year, too, it's going to be fun to watch the Montana guys because you got a Montana quarterback in, in Tommy Mallott. you got a Montana running back in Lane Summer. I know they're going to have a whole bunch of running back guys there, but it seems like there's a, a real opportunity there for Montana kids to get on the field on offense as well. Yeah, I mean, they talk about how they build their program around Montana guys, and I mean, it makes sense. No one really knows what it means to me to be Montana if you're not from here. So, I mean, that's a big part. And Tommy Mallott, guys like that. I mean, I'm excited to see Taco Dollar, too. I mean, there's a lot of good playmakers from Montana. A ton of great skill talent coming out of Montana in recent years as well. I mean, can you point to anything why that is? It seems like guys that are running backs and receivers are getting a way better chance now to play you know, football at the big sky level. I mean, I think it just comes down to coaching. I mean, I yeah. feel like Montana AA football is the real deal. For sure. And people need to understand that. And, I mean guys come out of here and some of them are really good and they're ready to go and that's just how it is so adam jones joining us here on nuana's now senior to be at missoula sentinel so let's talk about that element of it here you are you know school starts a couple weeks yeah. opener in a couple weeks so uh what do you think of just this challenge you guys have two-time defending state champions you haven't lost a game since you played on varsity so a lot of a lot of higher expectations at sentinel mm-hmm. i mean yeah definitely weird that we haven't lost in a while but i mean coach oliver makes us not think about that it's, it's all about us here at sentinel and um we're always looking to focus and grow and be a moving target is what we like to call it and i mean billings west is always good so it's going to be fun to head up there in a couple of weeks and i think all the guys are excited so last thing for you then what's the goal between now and then what, what do you got to take care of before uh, kisses, kisses from uh, Rajim Seabrook uh, as we do the interview. He'll be back soon. You know, he's got busy schedule right now, but he'll be back on the airways with us soon. Uh, what's between now and then? then? What, what do you think is the main points of emphasis for this team going into your opener? Yeah, I think it's just understanding who we are and kind of where our guys are supposed to be. I mean, you have to accept your role at Sentinel, and I think in these next couple of weeks, it's going to be all about execution and getting new stuff in because Oliver. He's a brilliant guy. He likes to put in new stuff every year. So, I mean, that's kind of just what we're working through right now.
Adam Jones, headed to Montana State, also, though, headed into his senior year at Missoula Sentinel. It'll be fun to follow you, man. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it a lot. So you go, Adam Jones. Recent commitment to Montana State. Senior to be at Missoula Sentinel High School, one of the best slashing skill players in the Treasure State. Sentinel opened up camp. It's Noah's now ESPN Radio, by the way. Sentinel opened up camp on Friday, so they're trudging through their first week here. Let's hear from Dana Oliver, head coach of the Spartans. Well, I was teasing Adam Jones that uh, his coach is into cruel and unusual punishment, making the guys wear black on a 99-degree day. But all jokes aside, down here with Dana Oliver, was a little Sentinel uh, football practice. And obviously, Adam Jones, the news of the day with him committing to the Cats. But first, let's just talk about being back out here. Title defense number two underway. What do you think of the guys out here so far? I've been super... I guess you see the years stacking together. Right. Um, and not even scheme-wise, but just maybe culture. Totally. They have expectations. And it's not an easy day to be standing out here. Uh, and so I've been super impressed with, with them and their ability. to no excuses. Uh, they're, they're here to get better. Now, we're smart about it. We, we, uh, we try to get in and out because sure. um, it is a lot of pads but, that they're wearing in those black jerseys. But, uh, but overall, we're excited to be back out here. It's ready for, ready for another year. Well, I got to tell you, I, I'm, uh, jealous is probably the wrong word, but envious of these guys because it is so much more efficient, right? I mean, what you guys are doing, like I just watched you guys practice for 20 minutes. Everybody's in and out. They know where they need to be. It's not, you know. Let's learn how to tackle for the first week like it was back 20 years ago. So it seems like you guys have made a lot of progress just in the, sort of the logistics of all this. We don't want to be here any longer than we need to. <laughs> right. Everybody's got lives, and that's kind of the generation we're coaching. So it's all about shaving minutes and efficiency. And uh, I think that comes with ex- experienced coaching staff as well, too. It's You know what you need to invest in and, and where you can cut time. So it's, it's a great book, Essentialism. You should read it and just talks about just doing things that are essential. And we pared it down. we got a long ways to go still, but um, excited excited for the 2022 season. Book reviews with Coach Oliver. Yeah. you got to love it. Well, what are you watching while you're out here? I mean, what are the main points of emphasis for you guys? Obviously, you've lost so much talent from the last couple of years, but that's high school football, right? I mean, it's, it's always going to be who, how do you replace this guy and that guy. So what do you have your eyes on, though? What, what do you want to see progress made here these next couple of weeks? Yeah, first off, we got a lot of kids out here, so I'm always <laughs> scanning going, all right, there's 11 dudes on the field. What are the other guys doing? They're here for a reason. So just looking for that, making sure they're engaged. Uh, that's just kind of the coaching eye. But we're looking for just constant improvement, right? Uh, you can do so much off the film. We film everything now, learn from it. Are we are we coaching well? Are the kids understanding it? Um, and just stick with our process. We you know we've learned that through the years. We're always tweaking it. And so are the new things we're doing trying. We spent all off season kind of tweaking things. And so um, is that working? And right now, I know I know we're only playing the Spartans, but feel good about where we're at. Well, I remember a couple of years ago you were telling me, hey, we got this kid who's a sophomore, who's pretty special, but he's been hurt. We need to get him healthy. And then last year, Adam Jones had a breakout year. And, uh, you know, that's justified now with him, you know, verbally committing to a Division One school. So uh, what sort of weapon is he and how do you hope to utilize him this year? First off, Adam is a great student, great, great leader. I mean, if you're getting recruited by Columbia and, and Penn and stuff, you're a great student. So his habits of how he handles himself and how he treats people is everything you want in a in a high school football player. So he's just a great ambassador for our program, a great teammate. But he's dynamic. He's physical. I love those hockey guys. They look for contact. Um, he can do a lot of different things. That The best thing about him is he can play offense and defense to college level. But I think as a, a ball carrier, he's as good as we've had around here in a long time. So... Um, just find it's not hard. Just get him the ball. We got some other <laughs> weapons as well, so you can use them as a decoy. 
Um, but Adam, Adam's a special player. Well, great testament and endorsement for three-sport athletes, too, right? Because not only is he going to go play college football, he could play college baseball. He's a great hockey player. Yep. So you don't have to specialize if you want to go to the next level, right? No, he's uh, he's a you see those transferable skills, like failure in baseball is right. one reason. Oh. And then hockey is kind of the way he's vision. I feel like that that's two, two traits that translate from those sports. So, yeah, we want our kids being active as much as they can year-round. All of a sudden now, last question for you, you got uh, this rivalry brewing with this team from the other yeah. side of the state. You played West in the state championship multiple times. You opened with them last year. Now you got them on the opener this year as well. So, uh does that affect these guys at all? Or, I mean, is it is it nice to have sort of a, an opponent that you know is going to be quality right out the gates? Well, right now, we're, I'm just trying to get through Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, here. Right, and so, right. You know, but no, West is a West, great yeah, program, yeah. you know, it, but we've always just focused on ourselves. And yeah. you know Coach Stanton, they're going to have a great program. They have yeah. a lot of bodies and great kids. So, uh, you know. We've seen to play them a lot right. lately, and so our. But the thing is, we've never these kids have never traveled on a bus to play Billings. Right. The last time we went down there, we stayed in the hotel the night before. That was state championship. That's not the case here. So we got to get up on game day, get down there. So there's a lot of challenges already uh, that we're we're facing. So um, it'll be fun to just get out there and, and play. I think these kids are these kids are excited. Should be fun. We'll uh, keep pace with Sentinel throughout the uh, each week here on Nuanas Now. Dana Oliver joining us. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Appreciate Coach Oliver for letting us swing by practice. He was actually doing that in the midst of practice. How fun is high school sports? I just love it. We'll talk more high school sports. One of the veteran coaches in the state of Montana, Grady Bennett, the head coach of Kalispell Glacier, joins us next. Keep it right here, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I am always trying to encourage myself and encourage all of you to live a life without regrets. But I will say one of my regrets uh, for this summer is not going to Kurungbin out there at the uh, Kettle House Amphitheater. I heard it was so sweet. I, I have gotten into them. I actually heard it was so sweet from so many people that I know know about music after they were here that I've gotten actually really into them this summer. That's what That's been like my main golf tunes this year. I'm riding around the golf cart. I'm actually not much of a... Actually, most of you would probably think I was not that fun to play golf with because I, I take it really serious. Don't like drinking when I'm golfing. Don't like listening to music. But if I do listen to some music, that's what I've been jamming to. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here 
on your Wednesday. It is one of the best times of year. I love when high school football gets up and roaring here uh, in the state of Montana. And we caught up earlier today with one of the veteran coaches in the state. Well, our high school football coverage continues. Now we dive into a prep extra. We welcome in one of the longest standing head coaches in the class AA level, Grady Bennett. He's been at Kalispell Glacier for the duration of the high school's history. Before that, was coaching his alma mater at Kalispell Flathead and a guy that has a great beat on all things high school football in Montana, both his team and the rest of the AA. Coach Bennett, thanks for taking a minute during a busy schedule, man. How you doing? Good, Colter. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Well, one thing we've been talking about uh, during this show leading up to to you, Coach Bennett and I recording here uh, earlier on a Wednesday. we got to tell you that now, FCC, got to tell you it's pre-recorded. But one thing we've been talking about before playing this interview is just sort of about the evolution of football in Montana and the way it impacts what we cover at the high school level, what we see at the high school level, but also the way it kind of impacts the way the college level uh, is influenced as well and some of the recruits that are coming out of the specific schools. And, Coach, I think it's so interesting because for a really long time, you know, back to when you were playing uh, high school football and college football in Montana, all the way through, you know, the 90s and early 2000s, it seemed like the notion was the Cats and the Grizz were going to get their guys on the lines and maybe at the linebacker spots from in the state, and then they go get their arms and their legs from outside of the state. But you look at... What this has turned into, I think it's very symbolic of the uh, the evolution of the way football is played in Montana when you look at guys like Gabe Solser and Junior Bergen and Taco Dowler, you know, guys that are Gatorade players of the year as you know five nine slot receivers that have a ton of speed and, and great kick returning ability. So uh, in your mind, in your eyes, how have you seen football at the high school level transform uh, in the state of Montana over these last 20 or so years? Yeah, man, you're right, Coulter. This is my 32nd year now total, 18, 19, I guess. This will be my 19th year as a head coach. Wow. Wow. 32 total. And just over that time period, you know, football is so cyclical. The game goes in cycles. We know that. Different things come and go, and it seems like if you wait enough time, uh, things will come back around, you know, and it's fun to see the evolution of offenses and defenses. And, of course, it's copycat, right? Everybody's copycat and everything philosophically as well as, strategically X's and O's, but you're right. You know, that's, not, that's a great point with what's going on in our state because I think back to when I played in kind of that era, it, my O-line was entire big Montana boys. I mean, that's just how it was. And like you said, some of the linebackers and, and the running backs, and that's just how it was year after year for Montana, Montana State. And the uh, perimeter guys were out of state. But now I think with just the media and kids have so much access to watching things on TV, everything's broadcast, everything's on social media. I think kids have a better chance to see you know, what it takes at those other positions, how to train, how to be a wide receiver that can play at a big-time level. And so Montana has produced uh, a lot of good players across the board, whether it's perimeter or interior. You know, it's, I think it's been way more balanced. I think the one thing that I say, and I love talking to people from out of state, one of the things that people don't realize, I think there's people that get caught up in thinking that if you coach at the NFL level, then, you know, you're the best. If you coach at the college level, then you're maybe second best. And coaches in high school are kind of like third best. That is not true at all. It's, it's lifestyle choice. It's where you want your family, what you want to do for your profession. There's great coaches at all levels. I think Montana has outstanding football coaching, and I think it's because people want to live in our state. There are some incredible coaches in this state, and they're here because they love Montana. They could coach at any level. And so, yeah, we don't have the population, and we don't maybe have the overall talent, our kids are well coached, and I think that's what's proven. I just give so much kudos to 
I mean, you could, you and I could talk forever about so many examples, coaches in class B that have been dynasties and, and class A and double A, you know, across the landscape in Montana, there's just some excellent coaching. And so I, I guess my point is that has produced a lot of good football players at all positions as well. Grady Bennett joining us. He's the head coach at Kalispell Glacier, talking all things high school football here uh, in the state of Montana. It's such a good point, Grady. I think about this all the time. Like when you go watch the Shrine game and you just see these kids from Class B, Class C, like, wow, these kids are so well coached. They they know exactly what they're doing. They can fit right in with the AA and the, and the A kids. And I think it's such a great example of it. And, you know, one thing we've talked about on this show, you and I don't have to get into it, but I just have to say it right here on my own accord, is that some of this crazy stuff that's been going on with the school board, and, and some of these people going and getting forced out. It's like, man, I don't really know if you understand how good these coaches are. And if you're living in a Class B and a Class C town and you have a coach that's dedicated to put the time in and do what it takes to be a high school football coach, uh, you better not take it for granted because uh, there's some incredible coaches and I think that uh, sometimes that gets out in front of them. But I want to ask you about uh, another aspect of this because one thing we've been analyzing too is just offensive line play. Because, you know, not only is there sort of this ability for training at a higher level for a lot of the skill guys, and, you know, I think that there's a higher emphasis put on on track and field, which I think is really helping athletes become better athletes in the state of Montana. But when it comes to just offensive linemen in general, there's sort of a common sentiment that it's even harder than it ever has been to find big guys who are who are tough and mean and can play. So uh, do you see that? And if so, uh, what's the way that you kind of go about remedying that? Or is it a cyclical thing? What's your opinion just on uh, offensive linemen and, and wh- what influence that has on high school football in Montana? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think so much of it, it's different at high school because you get who you get, right? And if you're especially class B, class A school, but even in double A, I mean, every year is so different. You know, one year you might have a line that a little bit bigger and beefier guys, not maybe as athletic. So you're going to have to be a little bit more a gap, get off the ball, be more physical. And then other years you have those more athletic guys, but at the bigger levels, I think that's what I've seen is the game has changed so much. Now everybody's doing no, no, uh, no huddle up tempo. Uh, and guys, I mean, shoot, they're looking for those six, seven, you know, 250 pound high school guys that are really good athletes playing center for the basketball team. And then they bring them in and turn them into offensive linemen. And I think that's been the biggest change is everybody's looking for those. They're big dudes, but they're really good athletes because everything is so fast and uh, sideline to sideline and offense has just changed so much. What do you think is the biggest change you have seen in offense? Cause I think that's another thing too, right? Is that once upon a time, like I think when I watch Butte high now, I think it's so funny that Butte High, you know, Butte America, the toughest town in the world, and they're running the air raid, right? They're running the spread. Ari Gray's <laughs> throwing the ball all over the yard. You know, I mean, CMR's running some spread concepts now. Capital, too. I mean, when I was in high school, you never think that. It was just eye formation, fullback, hit you in the face, run the ball right at you. So, I mean, have you seen just offensive schemes and stuff like that evolved in high school football as well? Yeah, I think it's just become such a space game. You know, I think everybody realizes that if you – can put your best athletes, however you do it. You can do it in the run game still, of course, but quick screen game, it doesn't matter. There's just so many ways now to get athletes in space. It's always been a numbers game, but instead of it be being any more a, kind of a smash-mouth numbers game, I think everybody's just so enthralled with the, the space game. Just try to get it out in space and get some numbers. And so, again, you're asking linemen to run sideline to sideline, get out on screens, a lot more pulling, a lot more gap scheme stuff. So, 
Yeah, like I said, it's cyclical, though, like you mentioned earlier. And, you know, things kind of come around. And even though everybody's been spreading out, like everybody in college, and well, even the pros are starting to do it more, you know, kind of things still come back to that power game, too. So I think I see a lot of people kind of coming back to more of the, the power spread. Even Butte, you know, they threw the heck out of the ball, won their state championship, throwing it seven times a game. But, you know, now Coach Harry Gray's running the ball quite a bit more. And, and uh, you know, when he, when he wants to, he'll, he'll run it more than he'll, he'll throw it even. Prep Extra, presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Kalispell Glacier head football coach Grady Bennett joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. And, Coach, let's talk about just the landscape of the AA because I think that these last couple years, Missoula Sentinel has been the Kings. They've gone undefeated two years in a row. They've had an unbelievable run of great talent. Coach Dane Oliver doing a great job. Um, But I do think that now, this year, there's all sorts of teams that are going to be very competitive. I know you have a very good team with a lot of talent coming back after going to the semifinals a year ago. I know Helena Capital should be very good as well. Both Great Falls schools have a couple of the best athletes I've seen in quite some time operating You know their systems at quarterback. West is West. I mean, Rob Stanton has got that thing rolling right now. Senior seems like they may, might be on the come up as well. And, and then maybe Bozeman Gallatin as a, a new sort of newcomer to the scene. And plus Bozeman High is always going to be solid. So, uh, And that's not even to talk about a lot of the other schools I just left out. Plus new storylines with some new head coaches around uh, the state as well at Belgrade and Helena. So uh, what do you think of just the overall landscape uh, of AA football right now in the state of Montana? Well, man, I think, Colt, your, uh, your answer was pretty good right there. I mean, you kind of answered your own question in a way. I, I agree with you. Sentinel's still the champ until somebody knocks him off, and people talk about them maybe taking a step back, but, man, I don't see it. I still think they're loaded. Uh, maybe they don't put as many guys to the Grizz and the Cats as they have in the last two years, but they still have a great roster with some unbelievable talent. So, yeah, man, you look at their schedule and you think, man, who's going to be the team that, that can knock them off or that does knock them off? So they're still the champs. But I agree. I think Helen Capital's going to be really good. They had such a good team last year. They were all juniors and a few softs sprinkled in. So I think they're scary good. They've got really good fronts, really big and physical. And then they've got some outstanding perimeters. So uh, to me, that, that we, we, get, we get them back-to-back. Uh, week four and week five. And to me, that's the meat of our schedule as far as what's going to happen, how are we looking at that point. I like to think we're going to be competitive right in there. I think one thing about AA that's pretty amazing is the quarterback play. Man, there are some good quarterbacks. It's hard when, you know, there's some years where I look at our quarterback, Gage Schleider, he's a really good quarterback. He's made himself into a good player. And yet you look at the AA and you're like, man, is he even in the top? You know what I'm saying? There's so many good players. You mentioned both. CMR and Great Falls High have guys that are Division One types. You know, it's both signed and getting offers. So uh, there's a lot of talent. You know, some years it's uh, kind of a little more focused on some schools, and then other years it's really spread out, and a lot of teams have talent. So I think it's going to be a wide-open battle. I, I, one thing I love about AA as a football coach is that every Friday night, man, you've got to be at your best. You've got to bring it, because if you don't, anybody can beat anybody. And I think it's going to be that type of year this year. The Glacier Wolfpack a year ago, eight and four, advanced to the semifinals of the Class AA playoffs. So, last thing for you, then, coach, just give us a, a scout. I know we'll, we'll probably talk to you several times throughout the season as well about some of the specific opponents, but uh, you got Gage Slider coming back, uh, definitely a really good player who uh, probably going to be a college player himself someday soon. Uh, what else does Glacier have coming back, and wh- what else are you excited about about this team? What do you think will be sort of the identity of your squad this season? Yeah, you know, last year when we started so many young guys, we started as many as seven on both sides of the ball, sophomores and juniors. 
Um, but I wasn't sure that we could be a Final Four team. I was really proud of our team last year and our coaching staff. I, I thought we got a lot out of that crew. To be a Final Four team with that group was just, I, I thought we achieved, overachieved maybe a little bit and, and really became the best team that we could be. I thought we gave Sentinel, you know, every, every bit uh, as good a run as anybody last year. So really proud of that. And now we have so many of those kids coming back, so much experience, a lot of confidence. Man, it bodes well, but you know how it is. Man, you're only as good as your next play and your next day. And so I just hope our guys aren't taking that for granted and think all they have to do is show up. Uh, we got to play. We got to play great. We got to keep getting better. But I really like our perimeter. We have three starters back on the on the offensive front. Two were sophomores last year. One was a freshman, which is kind of unheard of at right tackle to be a freshman and start all year. But Ben Winters did great. So now he's a sophomore, and we have three juniors. So still a young line, but experience. And then I really like our perimeter. A lot of a lot of athletes. We go two or three deep at every spot at receiver. So for me, I'm the receiver coach. I just a lot of guys I can play. A lot of athletes. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think uh, if we continue to work hard and and really take advantage of every day trying to get better, I think again we can be in the mix. That's our expectation is to be right in the mix, uh, pushing that Final Four again. Well, it seems like a, a perennial contender for the Kalispell Glacier Wolfpack. Grady Bennett, the head coach of the Wolfpack here on Nuanas. Now, Coach, we really appreciate the time. Thanks for taking some time. I know it's a busy time of year, but we will certainly be in touch throughout the season. But best of luck with the next couple weeks of fall camp. Best of luck in your opener and best of luck during this 2022 season. Thanks for being here. Okay, absolutely, Coulter. I appreciate it. Thank you. That guy's awesome. One of the nicest guys around. Grady Bennett, Kalispell Glacier head coach here on Nuanas now. Appreciate him for taking some time. We're to the point of my awesome history book from some 70 years ago where we got a run of six different people that I have never heard of. We'll go over a couple of them right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. One of my favorite jams. By one of my favorite bands. A little John Butler trio for you here on your Wednesday. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. If you've been following along, we have been doing history lessons on the Wednesday from this great book, 100 Greatest Sports Heroes. The caveat here is this book was published in 1954. So these are from the first half of the 21st century, or the 20th century, excuse me. So uh, very fun to see who we do know who we can learn more about, and who we had no idea about that we can learn all about uh, as we go through this thing. So we're about 95 pages in it. It's uh, in alphabetical order. By the way, if you want to watch some baseball and have yourself a delicious hamburger, head on down to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's right there on Russell Street across the way from the YMCA. Despo has the best wings in Missoula, but their burgers, their beer, and their baseball Pretty darn good this time of year. Go watch the pennant race. Enjoy yourself a hamburger. They got these stuffed burgers with the cheese in the middle. Oh, man. Might have to have one less beer when you eat one of those, but it's totally worth it. Go check out the Despo for some burgers, some beer, and some baseball. Uh, one of your go-to spots here in Missoula, no matter what sport you're watching, but particularly fun, the baseball crowd that goes down there to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Today's history lesson about somebody I have no idea about. Charles Paddock. He is the golden boy of the cinder track. That's his nickname. I'm just going to read this to you. A couple paragraphs. One of those who helped create America's golden age of sports in the 1920s. Funny to think that. The golden age of sports, 1920s. Now we're in the 2020s. And uh, we've had, what, several 
many handfuls of, of golden ages of, of American sports. Crazy how much uh, popularity sports has continued to gain over the last 100 years. One of those who helped create America's golden age of sports in the 1920s was Charlie Paddock, the man who came to be known in his time as the world's fastest human. A blonde and husky Texan who ran in the colors of the University of Southern California, Paddock was the most glamorous figure ever developed in American track history. Almost unbeaten as a dash man, he set no less than 95 sprint records. In the 1920 Olympics, Charlie Paddock blazed to victory in the 100-meter dash. A year later, he set a world record at 9.6 seconds for the 100 yards, and a little later, the same day, sped 220 yards in 21.8 seconds. For those following along, 220 yards in 21.8 is just silly. It's, it's unbelievable. They're running meters at the international and national levels now, but 220 yards, that's, uh, that's astounding in 21.8 seconds. In the same year, the Golden Boy set a mark for the 300-meter hurdles that still stands to this day. So that was some 35 years later as this is written. There was a lot about Charlie Paddock that was refreshingly different. To begin, he came to USC with the reputation as a poet and a playwright. Before earning renown as a sprinter, one of his plays was produced in a Los Angeles theater. And most of all, Charlie fairly glowed with color. The big, toe-headed speedster was a man of personality plus. This is just such awesome writing. As a runner, he broke all the established rules of sprinting. He did everything wrong, except finish ahead of the field. And he was oddly superstitious. Fond of wearing a baby blue track suit and white running shoes, Paddock went through a ritual of knocking on wood and fussing over his starting holes before each and every race. He was a bundle of nerves, jittery, Anxious to be off, but when the gun exploded, Paddock exploded. Paddock exploded with it like a flaming rocket. At the finish, there was his celebrated jump to bring the fans to their feet in a buzz of excitement. For Charlie Paddock, he could not run to the tape like any other sprinter. He had to soar through the air over the last 18 feet or so to finish like a bird in flight. Three times Charlie Paddock represented the United States at the Olympic Games, 1920, 1924, and 1928. Always, he charmed everyone around him with his wit and gaiety. Like the true champion he was, Charlie Paddock quickly joined the colors when World War II started. Although past 40, he soon became Captain Paddock of the United States Marine Corps. In this new role, America's most glamorous runner finally met his match, the old man with a stopwatch that nobody beats. He died a hero high above the Alaskan ice in a blazing Navy plane. Millions who had seen him run Mourn for a man once called the world's fastest human. Many more to whom Charlie Pack was a symbol of America's most colorful era in sports also grieved at the loss of one of the most irreprehensible runners of all time. What a chapter. I mean, as my mother always is, is adamant to remind us, no matter how hard life is, life is hard. It ain't as hard as it used to be. Go to World War II. After being a, a three-time Olympian and you die, that's a whole different reality than a lot of uh, what we, we go through here on a daily basis. I'm not demeaning anybody's problems. I'm just saying, what an impressive story. Thanks to Desperado for their continued support of us here at uh, Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Thanks to all of you for turning tuning in. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. We'll hear from Casey Fitzsimmons, a Chester, Montana native, a longtime NFL tight end, and a personal friend of Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell. Don't be late. Don't be overweight. We're late, so we got to get out. 
Hour two, Nuanas now coming at you, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 